0: Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment and you guys know that I always like to stop right here and uh, thank my guests for coming because I know that they're coming with a couple of things that I deem very, very, very important and I want to thank them for coming and sharing. First is time. Time is one of the most beautiful commodity offered to mankind while we are here on this planet and many of us don't know the value of it. We misuse it but... Doc is coming to share some of that here and I am very excited and I thank him for it. The other is his journey. That journey housed who he was and made him who he is today and so I cannot wait for him to explain some of these principles so that you and I can um, uh, assimilate them into our being so that we can become better human spirits while we are here on this planet. Doc, thank you so much for coming to Threads of Enlightenment, introduce yourself to the people.
1: Hello, folks, I'm Dr. G. Rex Cruelly, and I'm very honored to be here uh, with Ken, and I'm looking forward to this program very, very much.
0: So am I. I know, Doc, you have so much. Um, It took me days to read all your information, and I still didn't finish. (laughs) So (laughs) I know you have done much, and um, I want you to tell them the folks the thing that has you have given birth to out of your journey that you live from and out of today so that when they hear your journey they can then we can send them you they can identify with you and figure and say wait a minute dr g went through this i need to get in touch with him tell them those things that you have given birth to
1: oh, okay so at the present moment uh folks my my position is I created a, uh, I've been studying 53 years and I created a system known, I call depth healing. And the reason I call it depth healing is because it's, it's deep, it, it covers a, a massive amount of area and it's, it's basically applied quantum physics using consciousness and energy. Yeah. So I'm in Thailand, just like Ken is my clients are all over the world, and from my as long as I can see them or talk to them, I can change their life, their health, their circumstances, just about anything. There's very little that I can't uh, affect because I'm working at a deep level of consciousness directly in their mind and I have access to their field. I have access at a surgically precise level. Now, how did I get that? that That's what took me a great many years. I studied uh, privately, uh, apprenticed under a, a, a whole series of great masters. So let's back way up to when I was a little boy, when I was about three years old. <laughs> um, I used to have a vision of saving the planet. And how was I going to wow. do that? As a little boy, my dad used to buy me these big white Bristol board sheets, you know, and I used to draw Mm -hmm. this huge flying saucer. The flying saucer was going to be like Noah's Ark and all the people and all the animals. I was going to take them to a planet where there was no war, where there was no, everybody was just happy and safe. So that, that continued all the way till I was six, when I was six years old. I failed grade one. I was the oldest son, my dad's first son. This is back in Windsor, Ontario in Canada, long time ago. And uh back in those days, if you can believe it, they used to publish the children's uh grades on the uh city newspaper. Newspaper. There was yeah. only <laughs> there was only one wow. city newspaper, it was called the Windsor Star. So my mm-hmm. father, Steve Crowley's First son, oldest boy, uh, failed grade one. And he was being a, my dad was sort of like a Charles Bronson. He was a, a real tough Polish man, boxer in World War II, a naval officer. And he didn't know how to handle that kind of humiliation in front of his buddies. So the family uh, abandoned me emotionally uh, for the rest of my life. Now, when that, when that happened, so I used to be the jewel of the family because I was the, the oldest son, first son. Yeah. I had a sister nine years older. So all of a sudden, I never did understand, of course, what happened. I failed that little grade because I never, I still to this day don't care about academic school, and um, all of a sudden, I I was, I was a zero. So I walled right up. And I lost that, I forgot about the, or l- lost that vision of saving the planet. And I started yeah. trying to figure out how I could get people to love me. And what I, I used to watch movies because yeah. since I wasn't with my dad, uh, I was looking for a father figure. So I would watch movies and I, I watched all the great actors Of the day, John Wayne, James Cagney, and I I have an entire list of those great uh, actors uh, in my bio on my website. So I used to try to understand what it was to be a man uh, from movies like that. And I was always searching for another father figure. And I noticed in the movies, the guy that everybody loved and was respected was fighters. And I, I became a fighter. By the time I was in grade eight, I was the best fighter in the school. And, and uh, I had opportunities to prove that from time to time. So um, the reason, the other reason I wanted to be a fighter was because I was scared. I was actually yeah. a terrified little guy. And because um, when you're a little boy, when I failed, when I failed, the older guys, they used to want to beat me up or intimidate me. So I, I got walled up and angry, and I became a real tough guy. And I, I started martial art uh, by the age of 13, and then formal lessons at the age of 16. I became a professional martial artist as an deshi under a great master of Aikido. Um, at the age of 18, I trained uh, five, six hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. But I was also, uh, folks, I was... Age never could understand why life was the way it was. Why people like girls avoided me like the plague. I I just assumed I was the ugliest thing that ever walked on the earth. And I and I was like a a loner. And that when I met the great master, the Japanese master, he became my father figure who I really internalized. Mm -hmm. And that caused a lot of damage uh, because he was not the. He was not the Buddha. You know, when I was a boy, it took me eight, ten years to understand uh, that he wasn't uh, in any way, shape, or form a perfect guy. And I served him. See, I'm a samurai-trained man, so uh, yeah. I'm not a commercial martial artist. So the word samurai means it comes from the root word saburo, which means to serve.
0: Yeah. serve.
1: So I served the craft. I served him. And I continued to do that uh, professionally all the way up to uh, the year 2000. Um, now, I what happened was I had an enlightenment experience. I went back to school at the age of 27. In that year, age 27, I was going to move to Japan for five years as a professional mm-hmm. chideshi in Tokyo. But I yeah. was also full of rage. You have to understand real rage. Yeah. So my dad died that year. I broke my right knee in half. The beginning of that year, Dad died. The middle of that year, and later in the year before I was to move to Japan, I broke my back in half at 05. Wow! Weightlifting. Wow! So I never made it to back to Japan to live there at the age mm-hmm. of 27. And that took me. I healed the back with meditation alone. No, no surgery, mm-hmm. nothing like that. That that's the beginning of my learning how to be a healer. Yeah. See, I've had, uh, I, I healed my back in uh, 12 weeks, and then it took uh, a couple of years to uh, undo all of the uh, neurological uh, adaptations. When you get hurt real bad yeah. like that, your body makes all kinds of adaptations. But I, I started to learn uh, and was introduced to world-class doctors. Uh, the great George Goodhart Jr. was the man that I was with at that time. Now, George Goodhart is was the uh, maybe the most brilliant man of his day. He's a founder of uh, applied kinesiology, and I was one of his patients for like sixteen years. So what's what's going on here is this, folks. Basically, I get I, I start apprenticing and internalizing samurai culture under a man named Takashi Kushida. He was the greatest yeah. Uh, Yoshinkai master of Aikido in the world. I'm I'm studying manhood and uh, learning the ethics and so forth of real samurai culture from him. Then, because of my injuries, I start to meet these great master doctors. When I say master doctor, I mean a master doctor. It makes a a regular MD look like an amoeba. You go down there, (laughs) you have a problem, and you Fixes it like that. Yeah, He's, a, he's yeah. the founder of Applied Kinesiology. So I start meeting these great men. And then from him, I met some of his top boys, like Dr. Lou Bovin and Alan Zadkin and Gary Klepper. So all of those mm-hmm. men, they're like the creme de la creme de la creme of kinesiologists in the world. So I'm yeah. learning how to about healing from all my severe injuries while I'm apprenticing in the Japanese crafts and that's introducing me to Zen and so forth and so on. And I have nothing to do. I've never read a newspaper in my life. I've never watched uh media in my life and I never will. I'm, I'm socialized completely differently. Yeah. And that all came to, that's become my asset now, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I moved. I had an enlightenment experience in 1991 at the University of Windsor that lasted about 45 minutes. And when I came down from that state, all I knew was I had to leave Canada and move to California. So I had no money. I had nothing whatsoever. And uh, I just got on the plane with a wooden sword, a wooden staff and a knife. I said goodbye to everything I had ever known. And I went, I landed in San Francisco. And within, uh, I was very poor. I, I ate about, I, had, I think I was subsisting on one banana and a hamburger a day. And I was able to find four students. And uh, wow. I taught them sword in the park. I was 31 mm-hmm. years old at the time. And then I got invited to meet a great grand sheikh, Malana Sheikh Mohammed yeah. Nazimah Hakani. He was the 21st Grand Master of the Naqshbandi Tariqat, and he's the Mufti of Cyprus. So this is a Muslim who is a ma- a, a real spiritual master. I had never heard of a sheikh in my life, had no idea what mm-hmm. any of that was. Mm-hmm. When I met the, I went to the airport to meet him, he was flying in, and he liked me very much, and I immediately loved him. And uh, yeah. meeting him was sort of like, it looked like meeting Moses in the movies. Uh, very <laughs> amazing. So he prayed for me. He, he made a, he, mm-hmm. he made a I, I used to have a bicycle and I was sleeping on floors and had nothing. And he prayed yeah. for me that the divine would give me my own school where I could help people. Mm-hmm. And one week later, a guy showed up, American, gave me $40,000. And I built the Dosatsu Ken wow. Dojo, and that's a true story. It sounds like a fairy tale, but it's a true story. And at that dojo, I taught the United States Special Forces, military. I helped uh, battered women recover from rape. I helped Alcoholics Anonymous. I lived in the dojo, and it was a professional. It was not a commercial dojo. Uh, uh, it was. It was the real. <laughs> was the real deal, and. Um, yeah. We did old, old, uh, super high standard professional training. So that's where I, I had that dojo and I thought nothing could ever, we, we built, what we did was we rented a old factory and mm-hmm. me and my boys, uh, my students, I call them my boys, they refurbished the whole thing. And then we, uh, we were able to order the finest tatami mats from Russia, uh, from Europe. They yeah. built me a, a Zen Buddhist built me a huge kamiza, my my big shrine where I ho- housed yeah. my masters, and uh, it was a it was a magical life. And then one day, the in the, just at the beginning of the year two thousand, mm-hmm. the landlord died, and his son uh, broke the lease, and I was homeless in in a matter of like two weeks. Lost everything I had. And that uh oh and during that time I I, I was I was with uh the, the sheikh and I did a very austere uh the inner mystical traditions of Islam for four years and then I left I left that. Um so when the year two thousand hit and that landlord when his son took my dojo away from me, that knocked the wind out of me. And it knocked the wind out of me for two years. And for the first time in my life since I was born, I lost my sense of direction. I didn't mm-hmm. know what to do.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, they they looked at Hollywood. uh I love fashion. I used to be a musician. I was a concert cellist, uh, lead cellist in high school. Um and they, a lot of guys thought I could act. And then I, I love interior design. It was all these different ideas. But the thing that stood out was for me to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. Now, we were able to successfully sue that landlord's son. And I took mm-hmm. that money. And, and in my 40s, I went back to school and I became a licensed chiropractor. I was licensed in uh, Georgia and Tennessee. And um, wow. during that time, while I... Uh, after I left the dojo in the year 2000, I was able to apprentice under a series of great master doctors, and I I never mm-hmm. use the word master lightly, folks. Uh, yeah. I'm not impressed by much. So if when I say this, when I say that, I mean. So yeah, I I met uh, I met the great great master of network chiropractic, uh, Lance Wright in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to Jeff Britton. Doctor Britton became one of my very best friends. He's he's in Houston, Texas. And when you think of those guys, I want you to imagine Yoda. You know, yeah. they 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 transcend. They just transcend uh, anything you yeah. could ever imagine. And then I met Bob Rakowski, who's a world famous doctor. Uh, you can look him up, Doctor Bob Rakowski. If you go around the world 10 times, you won't find anybody better. You you may find somebody as good, but you won't find anybody better. And then uh, uh, after I became a doc, I moved out of Texas back to, uh, and I was married. I moved to uh, Georgia, and that's where I met Larry Habersky. Uh, Larry is a grandmaster of the quantum field and of consciousness. He yeah. was a top student of Ted Mortar. Dr. Mor he mm-hmm. created uh, best bioenergetic synchronization technique. So I met Larry. Larry is he's in a world by himself, and I studied under him for eight years, and that's where I learned wow. the basis of the craft I I have now. The other side of me is I'm a spiritual guide and teacher, and uh, I have a uh, empowerments through Tibet through Padmasambhava mm-hmm. and uh, through my uh, uh, Reiki masters, a, a tremendous man, two of them in Georgia. And then I was introduced to Sri Bhagavan, the great avatars of India yeah. at the beginning of 2013. And when I, when I learned, when I met them, I started receiving Diksha, a special kind of a blessing. It's an energy transfer from them. Mm-hmm. And then Larry was removing my cognitive dissonance. Yeah. So that transformed me. Now, uh, so that you understand c- cognitive dissonance, all, yep. it basically means it's, a, it's the way you function. Okay, folks, You, we are controlled 95% of your entire day and everything is controlled by the subconscious mind, not not yes. the frontal cortex. Frontal cortex yes. is very weak. It only processes yeah. forty bits of information a second. Subconscious mind processes forty million bits of information a second. Yeah. And the biggest trick of this, and I know Ken is familiar because we were talking before the show.
2: Yeah.
1: Mom, your subconscious mind uh, starts in, for me in my model. It starts at the moment of conception, and it goes okay. right through the womb and then when you're born up until the age of the end of the age of 6 that subconscious mind of yours all it's doing is recording 40 million bits of information per second 24 hours a day yeah. none of that information is yours it's mm-hmm. mom dad the television grandma and grandpa your brother your sister the dog it's everything in your environment except you yeah. And that is the software, all of the data, the beliefs, the perceptions. And then when your frontal cortex is finally uh, developed enough neurologically at age seven, it kicks in. But when it kicks in, any thought you have or perception is played back against the data that's in the software. Mm -hmm. And see, the trick to life, there's two Two laws of the universe that are the most important for us as human beings the law of perception and the law of resonance. If you know those yeah. two, you'll be fine.
2: Yeah.
1: Perception gives you your vibration, yeah. what your frequency you're transmitting and receiving, whatever your primary dominant vibration is. And by resonance, that brings you everything you have, everything you know, everybody you associate with, everything by resonance. The trick is the perception is from the subconscious program. Mm-hmm. So cognitive dissonance means you, you, go to edu- you go to school and you have some ideas and you want to go right. But your subconscious, there's a program from dad that says at age of three, you can't go right. It won't work. Yep. You can't do that. And you will never be able to do it because the program that he gave you is one million times stronger than this one. You'll start off just like a New Year's resolution and, mm-hmm. and two months, one week, th- three weeks later, it just dies on the vine. What I yeah. do, what Dr. Haberski did for me is I remove cognitive dissonance. That's what depth healing is fundamentally for. I do a great many other things, but fundamentally, if I remove the cognitive dissonance, you can do what you want to do. You can have mm-hmm. what you want to have. You can heal the way you want to heal because the subconscious mind is endorsing what you want here. So yeah. that's that's a, that's sort of like a condensed version.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a powerful explanation and i'll uh, i'll explain in a minute when that agreement happens that agreement um, in the christian or the spiritual world they call that fate that agreement comes between you and you and when you agree it is the most powerful thing because once you agree and you release your words as you said doc it will manifest because Mm -hmm. you have all, you came in line and everything that you've been programmed and all that stuff just washed away. And when you began to be you, and began to start that piece, this is powerful. I love your life journey because to me, it was a masterful um, orchestration, if you will, of someone that had a purpose to do something for us as human spirits masterfully put together meaning that your trainings from the onset with the japanese mindset and that's a um as much as it is a spiritual uh a physical piece with the tech technique and all of those things it is also highly spiritual You have, Mm -hmm. they teach uh, um, the aspect of being one, being centered, being present. You walk from Mm -hmm. there and you went to all of these others and the people that you were surrounding is absolutely your life. And the life of everyone, Doc, I believe it's the life of everyone that is Mm -hmm. called to be that servant is masterfully put together every situation that you endure in life is designed to make you stronger wiser smarter if you understand and allow all of this training that you had as you're moving through and you were there with the the sages uh some of the top sages within your movement as you began to move forward in life and so it landed you with an absolute understanding of principles that you had just talked about the subconscious mind and all of these aspects of things i love hearing this stuff so any guys that are listening to us man i want you guys to pay attention doc has been um uh, laying it out if you will So that you can, Jesus makes a statement, Doc. He said, those who have ears, let them hear. Mm
2: -hmm. That
0: means that there's an other ear that you have to be listening with. And um, when you listen to Doc, every ounce of his journey, he he was laying breadcrumbs about those principles that can deliver you from your dark place to your life so i want you to talk to them doc because okay um i want you to first backtrack a little now you you lost your dojo because that journey has to be something that's a dark place right there you said you lost your weight and Mm. having all of that intense training and still losing your way. I want people to understand that it doesn't matter who you are and what training you are. You still mm-hmm. got to find out about you. So talk to me, Don, in that dark place right there. How did you start to recalibrate your uh, yourself, your inner man, if you will, your soul part of you? Okay. How did You began to recalibrate. It's a the story. Place? Yeah.
1: Okay. And and and. Ken, don't let me forget to tell you uh, about the vision I had when I was three.
0: Yes, I I want
1: to talk about it. That that vision's been answered now, but I'll I'll come back to that. So to to address what Ken's asking me to do for you, from the moment I was uh, a little child, although I took the emotional hit when everyone abandoned me age six, I -hmm. was always like an arrow. And I always knew what I wanted to do. So uh, I moved. Um, once I set my, my mind on something, nothing stops me. Nothing has ever yeah. stopped me. So I've had my yeah. back broken. I've had uh, three knee operations. I had uh, breast cancer. I've had, uh, uh, there's been a great many things, but nothing's going to stop me. That's why the yep. military loved me. I'm sort yeah. of like a George Patton. You give me a target and I'm going to go one way or the other. So I always had a, a vision and a purpose. And I followed that. And because I, that was my frequency, that's my mm-hmm. vibration, it brought me these great masters and these, great, these powerful people. However, yep. there's a caveat to that. It brought me a great master to study under for martial art. Yes, but Kushida was a um, clinical narcissist. I don't mean it's narcissist in the pop- popular um, uh, way they use the word these days. I'm talking he had real, real problems and he had a lot of uh, anger and a lot of uh, uh, hurt in him. He eventually died. A horrifically, a horrific death, young from a type of cancer in the lungs from the energy of grief. Well, see, mm-hmm. when I was a when I met him, think of the vibration that went along with me. I had my purpose, which was which was a high purpose, but I was filled with hurt because my family abandoned me. I had anger, hatred, I had all, and I was going to prove. Uh, no, nobody was going to make me wrong anymore because they, see, I lost everything, everyone and yeah. everything, because they said I failed a test. Yeah. They made me wrong because of a piece of paper and they ignored yeah. me. So I was yeah. a wounded person and I and I attracted a wounded master. OK,
2: yeah.
1: And that all fell apart. Uh, when I was uh, the year of 20, age 27. So in that year, I discovered uh, a betrayal from him,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which broke my heart. So I was going to uh, move to Japan. Remember, I said, nothing's going to stop. Yes. Me, so I'm gonna going to keep going. I'm going to yeah. go to Japan itself and I'm going to leave mm-hmm. him. But yeah. the divine and my life's uh, fi- uh, destiny is not going to let that happen. So first yeah. my right knee breaks. I fix that. Mm-hmm. Then dad dies. I go through that and then I broke my back in half. And that stopped yeah. me. Now why did it do that? It's because that amount of anger and that amount of uh um dysfunction I needed to be stopped. I yeah. I couldn't train. I could I needed time to process and to change.
2: Yeah.
1: So I got through all of that. I graduate University of Windsor and I moved to uh, California and I established uh, one of the uh, truly one of the finest re- representatives of Japanese budo in the western uh, part of the world. And uh and then I lose it. Now when I lost it, I didn't think anything on earth could take my dojo.
2: Yeah.
1: So yeah. It, it, that was my creation, that was my everything. And it was all gone. And then when it was gone, it was amazing. Nobody cared about me. They all cared about me in Palo Alto was where uh, outside my dojo was near um, Moffett Field, the air base. And NASA, I used to teach NASA people there. Also, some of the scientists were my my students. But as soon as I lost the dojo and I lost prestige and position, nobody cared about me at all. So wow. I was in complete shock,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, then I then I really got mad, and I was gonna. I started to train to go into the to the cage as a submission fighter. All I wanted to do was beat the hell out of people, <laughs> and that mm-hmm. uh, my heart is one side, my, my my anger is another. So my right uh, my left knee completely let go. Whole yeah. knee just fell apart, and I had to have it uh, rebuilt, and that that saved me from doing that. I never I never went into yeah. the cage, which is a good thing. But I was lost. I was yeah. completely in shock. I was homeless, reduced to a zero. I used to be. Uh, everyone called me Sensei. I was the instructor to the SWAT team. A lot of the SWAT. Uh, members of SWAT in uh, Palo Alto Police Force. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. I was a zero and I was in complete shock, folks. So what happened was I lost my way and we lo- I finally, after the end of two years with the court cases, I, I went off to become a doctor. When I got there, I was even in more shock because the yeah. uh, chiropractic colleges have been bought out by the pharmaceutical industry and everything yep. that I knew because I already I already knew what great chiropractic was and what great doctrine yeah. when I got to the to the college and found out all the lies and the deception mm-hmm. and the <laughs> corruption. Yeah. So then I really got mad and I lost my connection with the divine uh folks for nearly twenty years. And I was in a state of continual simmering rage. Now, if you understand what epigenetics is, epigenetics is yeah. the uh, way, that is the mechanism by which genetics works, okay? Mm-hmm. It all has to do with perception. So the best one of the best guys to talk about that is the founder of epigenetics, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton. You can find mm-hmm. all kinds of great stuff. He's one of my most favorite uh, favorite people. Well, anyway, I developed breast cancer. I developed cataracts on my eyes because I couldn't stand what I, what I was seeing. So yeah. epigenetically, my eyes crusted over with real heavy cataracts. My uh, I had a little tiny fatty pocket that I had been born with in my re- right chest, and that became a cancer. We cut it out of me, and I never had to have any chemo. I never used uh, medical anything. And I'm fine. But the 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 cancer was the final word on my anger. See, at that point Mm -hmm. that was my body saying, Either you Yep. Either you solve the anger or you're gonna die.
0: die. So I
1: I had to solve that anger and that's where Larry Haberski came in and that's where uh, Shrama Bhagavan and the Diksha pulled me through that. Now that's Mm -hmm. late. I had I had the cancer pulled out of me, in uh, just before I moved to uh, Thailand, twenty fifteen.
2: Wow!
1: So um, I, I want, I want you to understand that the, the process you're listening to goes over decades. Yes, yeah. it goes over yeah. decades, and I'm applying myself and studying and learning all through. Yeah. But I didn't. I refound. The divine and my and my uh, rekindled me into the Dharma yeah. when I was studying Reiki in, in Atlanta, Georgia. So we moved, Tammy and I moved to Atlanta, Georgia in, in uh, two thousand seven. I met Larry Oberski two thousand eight, and I met this great Reiki master who became real close with me. Um, oh, I don't know, maybe two thousand ten, something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And one day he bought a new house and he invited me over and and he took me upstairs. And uh, he was a student of the Dalai Lama and of uh, Tibetan Buddhism. I walked into that room. He had this prayer room. And it it reconnected me. But it had been nearly 20 years of being lost, angry and can't understand why nothing, what, why things are the way that what's, what, uh it was just all of a sudden the re the connection came mm-hmm. and when that, from that moment ha- happened, everything started to make the shift so that I am who I am now and here. Um, and that's, so when you're lost or if you feel lost, you have to you have to reconnect in somehow and yeah. uh what the first thing to reconnect with if you're lost is recognize where you are you can never heal or change or do anything if you don't know your state now so the first part mm-hmm. is awareness that I'm angry or I'm a drunk or I'm a, my heart's closed or I don't feel, I don't, I have no purpose. The first thing is to just acknowledge that and let it be. Don't judge it.
2: Yeah.
1: And then if you have the consciousness, ask the divine, ask your higher self, show me, give me a hand, show me, yeah. and let, help me find what I'm looking for and and then let it, let it happen things will start yeah. to things will start to shift but first you got to become aware of yeah. where you're at don't judge it you but become yeah, aware
0: you, you have a you have a statement in one of your uh, I was reading your your um uh, the things that you have done and uh, there's so much as I said I was reading And there's one thing that I I read about and I was like, I've got to mention this because this is a tremendous insight. It talks about Dr. G, um, how he teaches you how to interpret symptoms of the body (laughs) as a language so that the cause could be known. And once that cause is known, once you've founded it, it can be cleared. And I love that because I've tried to tell people, I believe, Doc that a lot of the trauma that you talked about, we label them, we call them cancer. And and I was reading all the lists and we talked about it. They have names that we use to identify it, but it's trauma in whatever way it comes. And Mm -hmm. um, that trauma, unless it is known, like you said, you got to get to the root of it. And once Mm -hmm. you get to the root of it, it it is clearly known then what you're dealing with. And you're able at that point to get your relief or your guidance to clear it. And you are talking about Mm -hmm. principles that um, uh, Reiki treatment and distance. And I tell people, uh, and I deal because my background is Christianity. And I use the Bible to show um, people that even Christ did. Uh, what we would call reiki in the sense that he was in one location and the man said to him come to my house and heal my um, jesus asking me want me to come to your house and heal your daughter he says no i don't need you to come to my daughter i just need you to speak the word and i know that my daughter will be taken care of and so he wasn't anywhere near that daughter and that daughter got her healing. And so I try to uh, take away the mysticism out of people and tell them, wait a minute, guys, even the Christian, this is principle that is known through history in all religion, all belief system. But we and um, the medical field put this, uh, because they want you to become a servant to it, they don't deal with healing. But when uh, it is located by someone who understands, it's talking about healing. You can only get your healing from the spiritual aspect of it and the soul part of it. I'll tell you why, because I believe just like you, Doc, it's emotions trapped that manifest into the form of cancer, uh, arthritis, all of these other things is your emotion or trauma that is just locked. and and it'll manifest somewhere in the body in all the different language and terminology that we use to identify cancer, chronic anxiety, all of those things is just a manifestation of something sitting there that once identified. And I love that doc, you have to identify it first. And when you identify it, you're good.
1: You know, so it, it, it's it's a comical to listen uh when you mention about Jesus of of course um so uh, i guess let's see how do i want to say that uh things like distance and and that folks means absolutely nothing at all so yeah. uh now the the mathematics has now been written and accepted in peer reviewed journals uh, written by the great physicist, my favorite, Nassim Harmin. Mm-hmm. And then you can, uh, if you want to, if you can handle his his uh, languaging, it sometimes seems pretty complex. But basically what we're talking about is, and they'll use the word entanglement. So if, mm-hmm. let's say you're on Pluto and you tell me, you call me up and you say, I got a migraine headache. And I say okay, just signal me when it's gone. In one minute, I'll I'll remove the headache for you, because yeah, I don't care if you're on flu. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Not not even a little bit. Now, uh, all the great healers throughout uh, history all know that, and they all just do it. Now, mm-hmm. science is finally just catching up. Science catching is way yeah. way way behind. Uh, mysticism yeah uh so it's it's nice that they can figure out how to explain it, but uh we're all a hundred percent completely connected, and if you mm-hmm. uh first of all understand that, and if you you need for me to be able to transfer what I transfer, I have what's called empowerments yeah and what what does that mean an empowerment means Let's take this uh, let's take Reiki for instance so there's there's three fundamental frequencies of Reiki and when when you start Reiki Reiki should o- always take one year for each level they should never these things where you where they tell you they're going to do it in the weekend uh, try not to ever go to that because mm-hmm. that's a little bit on the dangerous side so what happens is when you start to learn uh, Reiki you, you, the subtle energy field of our body you have your the gross body and the nervous mm-hmm. system and so forth yeah and then there's a subtle energy body like the like the uh, acupuncture meridian system that acupuncture yep. uses now um, let's say a person uh their uh, their capacity for handling or channeling energy is a 10 Mm
2: -hmm.
1: when they when they get an empowerment internally their their energy subtle energy system is upgraded so that Mm -hmm. it can carry a stronger higher energy non-destructively so like you know like let's say the wires in this house can only handle 110 volts if we put ten thousand volts through the wires It'll blow out all the circuits. So yeah. what, what they, when you get an empowerment, you are uh, conditioned differently so that you can either transfer or receive, and it doesn't hurt you. Now, yes. if you ever think that that's a joke, pick up the book uh, by Gopi Krishna called Kundalini by Go- mm-hmm. Gopi Krishna. That poor man was meditating. He was just a young, young fella in India. And unfortunately, he had an activation of Kundalini energy, the the real powerhouse that sits at the base of the spine. But unfortunately, it rose the wrong way. And for the rest of that man's life, it came very close to killing him. Um, He was disabled, you know, for a large part of his entire life. And no one on earth. He traveled the length and breadth of the of all of India. No one could could change it. No one could help him. You can't fool around with energy. But yeah. uh, when it, so, I have particular empowerments. I have two empowerments for the work I do. I because I use two different kinds of frequencies. I use destructive interference waves. It, that's a quantum physics term. That's for mm-hmm. removing a negative belief or a negative uh imprint or something that's needs to be removed from for you yeah if you have a chronic disease i'm going to disintegrate it with destructive interference waves and then there's constructive interference waves which build you up mm-hmm. and that i have my empowerment is through india and then i have empowerment through through reiki so i, I have yeah. the three three kinds but all an empowerment means is I I I have extra ability or a stronger yeah. ability to transfer something to you than the average guy. Mm-hmm. That that's that's what that means. Um Yeah.
0: And I have the the, calls it, to the Christian talk. the Christians call it uh, Dr. G they call it the anointing. So I I'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> You know as you're talking I'm thinking about it because um, if you read some of the old testament there's one these two relationships with these two prophets and and one said, elisha said, "If you see me leave and my my mantle falls, that anointing will be on you and that that was that energy that you talk about to be able to do things um, uh-huh. and it is in i tell people it is in every single religion. just look closely yes. uh, they use different terminology to Explain what it is, but yes. the principle is the same. Talk to us about this yes. vision that this young three-year-old gentleman had about this rocket ship and getting all the animals and all the people on this rocket ship to to take us to safety. <laughs>
1: okay, so uh, uh, as I was studying under uh, with uh, Larry Haberski. Mm -hmm. He started talking to me one day, I think in 2008. And all of a sudden, the inspiration came because that's the divine. uh, Talks to me all the time. Yeah. So what over these period of of time and, and I'm active, actively doing this now professionally, I'm able to use morphic field physics so that I can. I can take up to 21,000 people
2: mm-hmm.
1: at one time, like, a, say, a whole football stadium, and mm-hmm. I can heal them at the same time as a collective.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, everything in the universe runs on morphic fields. It's it's a numbers game. That's where the power yeah. That's why Jesus said, whenever two or more are gathered in my name, you will have yeah. more power. Mm-hmm. Well, now when I say I can heal them, what I mean is I, I am able to uh, take the entire field of all that collective and then I can, uh, it's, uh, let me use a computer analogy. <clears throat> if you have a hundred laptops, that's a hundred people. Yeah. The software of each of the hundred computers is uh, is represents their subconscious mind's database
2: mm-hmm.
1: the cloud
2: all yeah. of the hundred
1: computers are tied into the cloud
2: yeah
1: the cloud is the morphic field
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's connected to and generated by the hundred computers
2: yeah
1: what I can do is Uh, Relative to a specific question, I can tie into all hundred computers at the same time from the cloud. Mm -hmm. I can find the problem that's common to all hundred computers and I can remove it at the same time via the cloud.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So... What I can do, see, when you, if you think of the the little boy, the vision is I'm able to help or save collectives, yeah. huge numbers. Yeah. So um, now you guys are all watching uh, market field physics when it comes to the uh, pandemic, or I like to call it the scamdemic. So what yeah. they did was they pre-programmed everyone the globally the subconscious mind regarding um for fear of disease okay
2: yeah
1: i remember when i was I, i'm 66 when uh when i was only in grade 6 in windsor ontario i remember distinctly in the science class them t- explaining what a pandemic was and an mm-hmm. epidemic and how we would all and they were already programming at that time so they programmed the kids the parents and generation, generation, generation. So the programming's there. Then, when they wanted to take over the world, all they do is initiate the COVID uh, nonsense. Mm-hmm. That initiates the fear.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody complies, and in a matter of days, they were able to shut down the entire world. Yeah. So they—it's a—it's a military operation. But basically, what you're looking at is a morphic field, using the fundamental frequency of fear as the control factor. Now, yeah. when we we can make a, a healing morphic field of that's based in love or gratitude, which are the highest frequencies,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: if the morphic field becomes is big enough, you can punch a hole in their field because yeah. the higher the higher frequency dominates. The yeah. problem is uh, they have all of the sophistication. They know how to do cognitive priming. That's why they make them wear the mask.
2: Yeah.
1: The, the cognitive priming is coming through all the forms of the media, seeing a mask, you know, here in Thailand. Yeah. <laughs>
2: every, yep.
1: every single one <laughs> of them, they wear those masks. Yes. And uh, the consciousness level is, is, like, is, in my opinion, is like zero yeah so they can control the whole populace and then the field self uh the field dominates consciousness folks it dominates behavior
2: mm-hmm. that's
1: why you you've all heard or seen a western movie where uh a, a the small town something happens they think they got the right guy and they're going to hang him and yeah. the the whole crowd becomes a lynch, what they call a lynch mob. Lynch mob yeah. Well, the, when what you're looking at is a morphic field that's generating, uh, uh, being generating an anger and a uh, a real ugly energy, and it's mm-hmm. contagious. Yeah, that's what a morphic field. So, so now I I actually can do that uh, and get real time results, and and that's very exciting to me that I can help uh, large collectives of people.
0: Yeah, that is at awesome. That is powerful. I think I think you were trained to do it. And as I mentioned, mm-hmm. your entire life was that school uh, from one discipline to another. Because each teacher, if you look at it, Dr. G, was a dis- different discipline. And you even went into the natural... Uh, physical uh, um, i guess feel of study in medicine when you went into your chiropractic, so you were dancing through your life within all these disciplines, and so to have you be able to now um, synergize if you will all of those uh, uh disciplines to create your uh, your your process and that 's what I tell people the journey. Is so that you can once you begin to dance within all of these disciplines, whatever, whoever you are, you are in a discipline because it's a belief system that you're in, and then you're able to take it and formulate it by which now you are going to serve, you are going to be that servant, and uh, to be able to serve at that level, doc, that's the key because I believe every word that you said, and that's why you see. When you have, quote unquote, congregation of people, whether it's in a church, whether it's in a football field, wherever, you, mm-hmm. as you were stating, you can sense that energy based on the response of all those people. And so, yeah, if you have 20,000 uh, people and they are beginning to meditate, if you will um on a and pulling that higher frequency uh you'll be able as you said through the cloud and if you have a virus whatever that virus is chronic disease um, stress anxiety all of these viruses as you are able to through the cloud be able to administer that um you know that that virus protection so that you can have your clean computer again and that's what doc is about and this is his life and all of you guys that are listening to this conversation I am absolutely floored um, at having this conversation and listening to doc and and the insights that he has is absolutely 100% exactly what you need I don't care what you're going through today his ministry if you will his insights his uh, um revelation is exactly what you need to help you or move you through from one belief system to another shift in perspective it will mm-hmm. change your life that shift in your perspective as he talks about when you're when you become when you get into agreement your subconscious and all of it, when you get into agreement, man, that's when the real stuff happened. And Doc is able to guide you because he was exposed to all of the different disciplines to extract the key pieces that will get you to where you need to be faster than you would get there if you did not have him in your space And I want you guys to get into his space because I'm going to provide everything for you to get there. So, Doc, talk to us about this because now here I am. Uh, I'm I'm your patient. I want you to walk us through one of your patients. I know you talk about every aspect. You talk about financial situation being broke because you were broke. And I tell people, you go through these things because when he speaks about it, when doc speaks about it the energy that he releases out from his being he believes everything that he's saying and that is pure power why because he went through it and what yep. he is telling you is exactly what you need to do to come through walk us through i'm a patient doc uh let's say okay. i'm gonna pick uh, i'm gonna try and see if i could pick something really uh difficult but to you it's okay. simple but to the masses out there it's gonna look it, it may seem difficult to them i am suffering from behavioral problems i i got i'm all over the place i showed up at your office and i'm like doc i'm uh you know i i don't know what what I, I don't know what i'm doing on this planet why am i here and all that kind of stuff and you know how they come because we were there <laughs> you know we, we know exactly <laughs> what they went and so here is this person he is suffering. yours was anger, and you learned how to manage that and so forth. I might be depression doc i I am absolutely I come to you. I suffer from depression and anxiety. that is a big thing out there today. So here I am. I present to you, walk me through, mm-hmm. and I know this guy he's just giving us a baseline, but you have to be in his space. For uh, you know, and as you be in his space, because he has to shift you based on your belief, he has to uh, walk with you, hold your hand, and so that he can move you through from one perspective. Because you're coming to him with one, you're coming to him as a depressed, anxiety filled. You believe that, and that's your belief, and that's why you are, that's who you are. So now you're coming to him to have him shift you. So you're going to need to be more than one visit, is what I'm saying. So doc, here I am. I, I'm in your in your office. Not even in your office. You are there in yeah, you're just online. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm here in in, in on Koh and we are on the Zoom call. And I am all a mess, and I'm talking to you. Walk us through the listeners as to how first is that encounter, and how do you move that individual. From A to B,
1: okay, no problem. So first, first off, so you know that my sessions usually take me two hours minimum, and mm-hmm. uh, so the first hour, what I'm going to be doing is gathering information. So, what I would say to you first and foremost is okay. So to give me, uh, uh, let's let's back up for a minute. Uh, what's your name? What's your mom's name? Hey, so hon- I mom. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I did. And is she still alive?
0: And no, both my parents have passed.
1: Oh, is that right? I'm sorry. So, uh, uh, how how did your mother die?
0: Uh, she died um, at home with. Um, let's see. She um, she was diabetic, kidney, and uh, she chose to to. to Pass on to the next. She said she was finished, And so she made a decision that she wanted to go, and so the kidney failed, and that's how the process. Being a physician, you know how that. Uh, now, how were
1: go. were you were you expecting her to die, or was that a shock?
0: Um, we were expecting it. We knew. I actually went to her and and asked her what she wanted to do. Did she want to continue? Because we would, okay. I would walk with her either based on her decision. And she said, no, I, I want to exit. So that was a no. privilege I got to, to, to exit. Okay.
1: Now, how, how old were you when, when she died?
0: Um, I was in my 50s, 50, 57, somewhere around there. Okay.
1: All right. And then uh, how about your dad?
0: My dad was uh, uh, two years ago but I wasn't mm-hmm. there to, to, to see. And, but we talked again, again, we had a conversation a few days before and, um, he also had made his decision. And so I was able to walk with him based on his decision. Um, okay. Even when he got so, into so the hospital. So I was, so just, no
1: shocks mom and dad, no, when no. they died, you knew they were going to, die. okay. And then, yeah. uh, your depression, the the anxiety and depression you have, when try to remember exactly when did this all start where you started feeling like that?
0: Well, um I'm giving you an example. I don't think I have one of those, but uh, let's see, I'll go with it. Um, I about what how long
1: what, what what how long what age or how long ago was it?
0: When it first started? Uh, this- Depression, yeah. Um, I have never really battled it, Doc. I was just giving you an example to see if we could um, of a Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I thought uh, yeah. we're role playing. Yeah, I'm, go I'm, trying that, to, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think then. of. Uh, let's say. Let's say this is something that this person has been dealing with from childhood, because it's usually a trauma that started there, like yours, with the test that was. Um, mm-hmm. cause your dad and everyone to abandon you. Let's say this was a young child. They started their trauma, experiencing that trauma at uh, six years old, stuff like that. I remember being okay. depressed at that time.
1: So tell me what was going on, what happened at six years old? What was going on and, and uh, what happened?
0: My parents were fighting all the time and arguing and... Um, they had a big fight in the in in the room, and I saw it, and uh, that caused me to be uh, depressed that my parents were always at war, if you will. Was
1: it was it was there any kind of physical violence in the fight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and how how you were how old? Six years old. Yeah. Okay, so when I hear that in, in folks, I'll talk to the audience. What I'm going to be looking for is if he takes a heavy shock there, like how he perceived it, and if there's a SEMO. SEMO means sympathetic emotional memory override. So sometimes uh, if we're really shocked heavily by an emotional hit of some kind of trauma, the mind will freeze frame it and it will stay alive until it's shut off. And that's one of the things that I would do. It's, you can think of it like a post-traumatic stress syndrome. So what I yeah. would do in the case of that he's giving me is I'm going to search out all of the details of home life with mom and dad,
2: mm-hmm. what
1: age, what they saw, how it happened. And then I'm going to erase all that. I go mm-hmm. into the subconscious and I remove it to zero. And when I say I remove it, I mean it's gone. I will disassemble and completely remove it from their field. And I will continue working on him all the way through. If I find some kind of a repeating pattern, I will go into, there's 10 programs that control human life. I'll tell you what they are in a second. And I will find out at which program he got the very first download that gives that gives him the this kind of perception, leading to the depression or the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on. doc. Yeah, I, I can still I see gotta, you. Put, I could, Okay, I, could still, I gotta plug this thing in. It say it says uh, low battery. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I didn't really do that. I, um, I can still so hear what I've got to do is yeah, it's it's a it's a situation where I'm going to be continuously going through to find all of the negative perceptions, the impacts, uh, and so forth and so on. And then I am going to remove them. Every time mm-hmm. I remove them, I got to adjust myself here. because right. yeah. I didn't think that thing could drain that fast. Um, <laughs> every time I'm removing, one of the keys to my system is this. Uh, the The universe doesn't like a vacuum. So when I take out a a uh, negative, mm-hmm. I I remove a, 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 a let's say a a horrible vision of uh, say the the father his father father say hits the mo- mom. Yeah. When I'm er- erasing that, I have the their system or their body their uh, their subconscious talks to me. I have a yeah. sophisticated, yeah. Uh, very accurate way of speaking to their subconscious and to the field so that I get accurate information. So I, I'm removing and then their, their mind and their uh, spirit and everything tells me what positive frequency do I put in its place? And also yeah. at what level, the level, the way I find the level of, of, uh, integration they need is through the chakra system. Yeah. So I'm, I'm erasing and replacing, erasing, replacing. So I, every time I'm doing that, their brain is, uh, completely changing. All of the neural mm-hmm. nets are changing. Everything is adapting. And then as I'm putting in the positives, I'm upgrading their consciousness and elevating their, uh, evolving their system. So as when I'm doing that, that's a profound uh, process. It's very um, that's that's the the fundamental basis for depth healing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to basically he's presenting these depressed, he's got anxiety. I got to find out where that first began, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to I'm going to remove the foundations that hold up the perceptions he has now. Mm-hmm. As a grown man, then when I remove the foundation and it's gone, I come back up to the present moment at the present yeah. life now. I find out what, what uh, what's happening here, and I remove that in the present time. So I go first. I go way back, mm-hmm. and then the ten programs I mentioned are. The first program is uh, past lives. Second program is genetic inheritance, which extends all the way back to the beginning. So everyone on your mother's line to the yeah. beginning of time, everyone on your father's line, beginning of time. Third program is the moment of conception, which is very critical. And if you want me to give you details, I'll explain to you just how critical it really is. Then the, first, uh, the all of the trimesters... Mm -hmm. um while you're in the womb then the birth itself and then the first six hours of birth Mm -hmm. the fourth program is from the first six hours of birth to the end of the age of six Mm -hmm. and the fifth program is age seven until whatever age you are now the Mm -hmm. sixth program is the collective global program of all of uh, the world which also includes plants and animals not just uh, human life yeah. The seventh program is the great astrological solar system. Eighth program is the galactic system. Ninth program is the universal system, and the tenth program is what's called the other realms. That's where yeah. Jesus comes from and lives, and and all the uh, all the other when you talk about the divine. Now, yeah. the moment of conception is especially important because. Um, uh, It sets up just about everything. So, what what is that? What do I mean by that? At the moment of conception, the mindset and the attitude and the beliefs of the of the father, and the mindset, attitude, beliefs of the mom, Mm -hmm. at the moment that the sperm is uh, when they're making love, the the sperm hits the egg. Mm -hmm. Um, Their geophysical place, like let's say. Uh, there's a di- Let's say there's a difference between making ceremonious love to ha- conceive a child um, in Machu Picchu versus on the yeah. hood of a car when you're stone yeah. drunk uh, yeah. at a park. So yeah. at that moment, past lives by resonance, see everything's mm-hmm. resonance, past yeah. lives are drawn in, genetic expression that's going to occur over over time, as you as you're alive. That's drawn in the alignment of the planets at the moment of that conception. Everyone yeah. in astrology yeah. knows the moment when you were born, but yeah. no one can tell the mo- All of those things are all go into us, and then what we know from science. Once we are conceived, usually science will think. Both after the first trimester, the subconscious mind activates, and yeah. uh, we're we're more familiar with with uh, with that. But everything it's not that simple. And then all of those different influences um, make the the destinies and the blueprints and the patterns. The good news is they can all be adjusted. They can all be changed. That's what happened to me. See I, I had my my programs rewritten for me in a, in a, a special uh process with the divine and I went from being a, a poor man to being a very wealthy man. I I live a very uh, luxurious life here in Thailand. But I was dirt poor folks for well over 20 years. Nothing worked for me. Because of cognitive dissonance Dr. Rubersky I grew up, my dad had poverty consciousness because he was born the son of Polish immigrants during the Great Depression. So, you know, he grew up tough and, and they they had nothing. And uh, although my dad was a very successful um, electrician and so forth, we always had money. But my dad had lack, poverty consciousness, and I I was programmed that way and then when even though i became a big shot doctor and a big shot martial arts sensei i i never made money i never had any kind of success in the material world until yeah. the cognitive dissonance was gone once it was gone um i i i don't have any worries with that at all uh can can you please excuse me i want to get a chair because yeah. I, I had to shift to this other place where I, where I have the
0: power. Again, guys who are listening to us, uh, I implore you to get in touch with Donk because he is, I'm so glad that he presented because he's here to help and to serve. And um, get yourself into his uh, private, uh, to become uh, one of his private clients so that he can walk with you. it's says, to a couple of hours um uh, most of you uh, will take a lifetime to to accomplish what he's talking about in a couple of hours and uh, some people never get a chance to accomplish what he's what he just talked about their entire life they never got a chance to come out and to change their mindset and to change their destiny and so I want to encourage all of you guys that are listening to us today um, this has been one of my favorite, Conversation, if you will, and I've had oh, well, thank you very of much of them. I've had, um, I mean, just maybe close to a couple thousands. I've done these things for several years, and uh, wow. your insight and your um, wisdom. I I just want to tell anyone that is listening, from wherever you are, I'm going to present all of Doc's information so that you can get into his space, get into his class. Get into, uh, uh, get his books, get everything you can get, drink of him, and begin to, uh, as they say, you become disciples. A lot of people, I tell people, don't hurry up to be a member. Members don't do nothing, they just sit there. When you come (laughs) into someone's space, come in to be a disciple, because a disciple will change the world. They are the ones that are affected by the conversation between that individual the members all they do is to get to to some a little crumbs of the of the conversation but the disciple they come out with the meal and once they digest it they can now i am sure dr g wouldn't mind one of his disciples take his work to a different level that he can never take it because you digested it so find yourself in his presence, sit at his feet and become free from where you're at, and so that you can become this new you. Doc, I want to thank you so much for coming at Threads of Enlightenment. Oh, I, this
1: has really been a pleasure, Ken. I, I, I you know, since you're in of maybe one of these days we can get
0: together. Oh, we, we are definitely going to get together. Um, yeah. I have to run out to to. I was heading out to um, to Vietnam, and then I'm going to be back. And uh I, I wanna I wanna connect. Oh, no, kidding. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. So it is it doc it's been this has been fantastic. It really has. Um and we are definitely going to stay in touch and we are definitely gonna meet. We're gonna spend a lot of time together because um I'd love I to. want to be uh, a part of your space so that I can become one of those disciples and uh Perfect. also uh, uh, be able to be effective and assist you with, um, uh, your journey as a servant to bring others well, along. That's
1: really kind you of, of you, Ken. Yeah.
0: That's, you know,
1: that's, that's primarily what I'm trying to do. If, if I can, um, I, I just need, I love people, you know, yeah. and, and hopefully I'm going to be able to, um, work with collectives and then, and then of course privates, you know, and, and, uh,
2: yeah.
1: I, I mean, I, I just love it. And, and because the world right now, we, they need, they, they need, need so much help. Yeah. They just need yeah. so much help. They're so scared. I, I love to see proud, happy, successful, uh, people who are enjoying their life. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, not, not just living in fear or, yeah restriction and, and yeah. they're so scared everybody they're so scared you know and it's just programming yeah it's just program
0: they're terrified and it is as you said it is the fearfulness is the baseline by which they begin to control the the collective if you will and um it is it's the only way the politicians speak it Every one of them, the, the healthcare system speak it. Uh, they tell uh, you about this fearfulness to keep you buying stuff that will never heal you. Um,
2: it, it's disgusting.